This episode of Tarot for the Wild Soul is brought to you by The Sacred Wheel. The Sacred Wheel is a twice-monthly subscription service created and led by me, Lindsay Mack, designed to enliven, enrich, and deepen your tarot practice through a set of lessons, rituals, ceremonies, and ways to honor the wheel of the year. Every month, two emails will be delivered to your inbox full of custom tarot spreads, wild soul tarot scopes, lessons on the cards, and again, rituals and ceremonies to honor the wheel of the year. Our first issue of April will be out on, of course, April 1st, and we'll have a beautiful lesson on the Emperor card, how we can begin to dismantle some of the old ways that some of us might have learned about the Emperor, shifting it into a much more holistic, really generous mindset, the medicine of Mercury retrograde, a little bit about how we're going to be blooming and growing this year, ways to work with the Fool card, Wild Soul Terrascopes for the first two weeks of April, and literally so much more. It's really beautiful, really juicy. You can sign up for the Sacred Wheel by visiting my website, lindsaymack.com slash the Sacred Wheel. Issues and the Sacred Wheel is are both available. Um through monthly and yearly subscriptions. If you do monthly, you can opt out at any time. Many people come and go. It's great. Um, Yeah, and you can buy any back issues if you sign up. So if you'd like to receive the April 1st issue, you can do so by signing up at my website. It will go out at noon, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on April 1st. So if you'd like to receive it, we ask that that you be signed up by noon or a little bit before. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations in Tarot Medicine for your highest evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for being with me today. Oh, what a joy to find ourselves at the, the, the crest of a new month, the crest of a new opportunity to commune with everyone who listens to this podcast in a new monthly medicine. It's, um, again, a great joy for me to be able to do this and to have everyone appreciate it and be as passionate as they are about the monthly medicines. So thank you. Um, it's an honor to be here. April's medicine is really powerful, really massive impact, big time stuff. Um, I will share that A lot of the time, I think, I think the way that I receive the mantras for the month is a really nice indication of how the month is kind of going to go. It's sort of the delivery system. So sometimes some months are really hard. They're tough. um, And it takes me a while to receive. Um, And sometimes... I have to go through the experience to understand like whatever month was trust the timing. 
um, I was sort of stymied and told no, no, no. And then all of a sudden I realized like, whoa, trust the timing. And then everything lit up and every it was all very clear. Um, last month, it was so much more than the mantra for the month of March. It was so much more than trust and allow, but that was the only thing that could encompass it. And I'm sure that now that we're on the back end of March, there is an appreciation for the fact that March brought and is continuing to bring so much for us to trust in and so much for us to work on allowing, whether that's through our sacred yes or our sacred no, um, so much in the transition from Pisces to Aries, so much. We literally went from the womb space in Pisces, the sacred placental waters, to the fire of birth in Aries. Traveling from the moon to the emperor is really just no joke. So we're all still in that. Even though we're in Aries, in a Mercury retrograde, on the other side, there's a lot there. And for this month's mantra, it just sort of was in there. I started to write and all of a sudden it was there. There just wasn't any question and it all came through. But it was in the writing of it and the reflecting in it that the mantra, the mirror, came through as clear as day with goosebumps to follow. Our sacred mantra for the month, the monthly medicine for April, is the mirror. It is in so many ways and I have so much to share about it um, that I think is pretty juicy that helped me even just channeling it. The first thing is I want to back up to go forward. So we are in, and everybody listening to this probably understands this, so forgive me. We're in very powerful times. These are evolutionary times. There's really no room for screwing around and no room for falling back on old stuff. And especially for those of us who really came here with some strong soul legacies to hopefully, whether subtle or overt, um, be forces for peace or for change or for healing or for receiving, um, it's on for sure. <laughs> like it's on. And the way that that looks isn't like hustling and getting clients or, or whatever your, whatever your thing is. Um, it's really about looking in the mirror and seeing what's my attitude. Where am I letting things come to me versus trying to grab at them? Where am I stuck in a lack mindset? Where am I, where are the spots in my mirror that are smudged? Um, where are the spots in my mirror that are blocked? Do I have things covering my mirror? Can I see the full picture? Do I keep trying to look into someone else's mirror? Do I keep trying to see something different in the mirror? The mirror work, quote unquote, um, that everyone does on their soul path. Some people hang up something in front of their mirror and they never take it down. And that's the lifetime. That's it. There are so many gentle invitations and sometimes really intense invitations to take off that big black 
curtain over our mirror, over the soul mirror, and we just don't. And honestly, that's okay, because some of us, that's the lifetime, and that's so fine. Like, there's no judgment for any of that. It's not always easy to keep saying no to deep looking, deep seeing, deep reflection. So sometimes things can pop up that can bring us into a mirror state sort of through like looking into water and looking at ourselves through kind of a glass bottle or through a car window. There are ways that divine will help us out by showing us a moment, even a flash of like, whoa, I see me and I see this world through something different than the lens view of me looking out. I'm looking in at a reflection. So all this to say, <laughs> gone off, you know, I'm going backward to go forward. The whole essence and the the perfection, like the 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 genius of the stars, <laughs> um, presenting us with two days of airy season to immediately go into a retrograde that essentially spans from March 23rd all the way to April 15th, almost all of Aries. We had about a couple days in the shadow period in either direction, and Aries is pretty much in Mercury's shadow or its experience during a retrograde. And honestly, it's great and is directly um, contributing to this idea of working with the mirror, like the mirror. Um, the mirror is a symbol for looking within and looking at what we are paying attention to, looking at how we are reflecting back into ourselves. The mirror is an external object that allows us to see within ourselves. The reason that this mantra or that the mantra of the month is the mirror is because April and Aries season, especially even though we're going to be talking about Taurus a little bit, um, April, the month of it is really about presenting us, um, providing us with lots and lots and lots of external things that are going to be powerful, huge, immense, amazing, really fucking disappointing. Sorry to curse. Um, the huge uh, spans of huge spans of external reflections that will totally stymie us, that will delight us, that will shock us, that will blow our minds open. Also, we can look, look so deeply. Where are we? What are we willing to see? How are we willing to consider that the external is information that is here as awesome or as crappy as it might be, as we might judge it to be here to provide an opportunity for an upgrade, here to provide us with an opportunity to polish the mirror, to begin to take things down off the mirror, to see things more clearly. We cannot really evolve unless we're willing to see, 
And unless we're willing to reflect and unless we're willing to let the external, especially in moments like this, um, show us and help us to see where it's time to upgrade, to say yes, say no, etc. So here's how it's kind of going to feel this month. April might feel like, well, April might feel like lots of different ways. April might feel like one massive breakneck upgrade. It might feel like, and I'm talking about external upgrades. It might feel like you're promoted, you're moving, you're pregnant, like bam, 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 bam. If pregnancy feels like a, a happy thing to you. Um, it might feel like all of the things that you've wanted and looked for and worked for are all of a sudden here. And you might not be able to tell yourself why. You might look at yourself and think, I don't get it. Why now? Why Why this moment when for years I've been ready for this? It's because you're ready to look in the mirror. Aries is the start and the beginning of the new wheel of the year. And it is the sign of rebirth. Being in Aries during a Mercury retrograde means that we get the opportunity to move into that growth in a mature fashion. We get an opportunity to do so with a careful step. And Mercury retrograde is here bringing an absolutely immense gift to us in this Aries season. This Mercury retrograde is also in Aries. It's here to help really, really weed the garden. So anytime we're birthing, anytime, we want to be asking ourselves, what has to die in order for me to step forward? What needs to die in order for me to birth? And what needs to be bowed to, honored, acknowledged on my path forward? It doesn't mean that we're throwing things out. But it does mean that even a mother, you're a birth giver who transitions into being a mother, there is a death of her maidenhood in there. So there's always, always a death with a birth. It is happening as we speak, as both equinoxes of the planet, one equinox is moving toward warmth and spring, the other equinox is moving toward cooler days and fall, the planet can hold both. We cannot have a birth without a death. To look into a, quote, mirror of what is happening externally and internally allows us to be co-creators in that sacred death process and allows us to understand the flow and the path that we're being asked to take so that we can be really upgraded and so that we can move forward in Aries energy and in Taurus and in Gemini and on and on we go without a burden of anything that's not meant to come with us. So April is a month of clearing. It's a month of releasing and bone deep reflection. This is a month for getting clear. Where are we unable to look? What part of the mirror is blocked? What part of the mirror is smudged? Where can I polish it? Anything like that. We are really opening up to new opportunities, but it might not always feel that way. And that sort of um, links me back to kind of a, a, 
a little tangent that I was on a few minutes ago where I was saying that April might feel differently for everybody. For some people, it might be upgrade after upgrade after upgrade. It also might be, and this is, I, I, I think if you're listening to this podcast, you know that um, I'm not a doom and gloom person at all and really respect nervous systems. Um, and it, I don't feel that it's doom and gloom now, but I am going to say that April for some of us might be um, a lot of things that we were hoping to have happen totally drop off and fall away active rejections, active no's to things that we were hoping for or looking for. But I'm going to say something right now. Um, if that's happening to you, if that's part of what April contains for you, it's bringing nothing but gifts. And it means, as hard as it might be, that it will be important for anyone that that resonates with this month to look in the mirror, what were you hoping to get out of the things that life has gently redirected you from? Is it actually something that was going to feed your soul or was it really going to feed your ego? And by the way, there ain't no judgment on that, but that's why I mentioned we're not here to mess around right now. We're not here on the planet anymore we have shifted into such a strong um, new wheel of our year starting in Aries and asked to go at a pace that is appropriate and that is tempering a really hot fire. It's keeping things simmering. It's helping us see all of the different ways that we wanted to move into new growth you might get really very clearly looked kind of in the eye. You might get a very strong mirror in front of you this month saying, this is not something that your soul is saying yes to. And if that's the case, that's the work to do with the mirror. That is where we look. If you apply to a million graduate schools, you don't get into one. That's a mirror that isn't something that you just, oh, have to accept, no big deal. It's an intense mirror to look in. And we want to approach the mirror as saying, is there something in the mirror right now that's trying to get my attention, something that I'm not noticing about something that's in my eyes or something that's in my body? Is there something, a structure that needs to come down completely in order for me to move forward? Is it important for me to take the mirror off the wall, move it into a room with better light, Am I seeing things clearly? Where was I when I made the decision to apply? What was I looking for? What did I want? Was it my decision? You know, we can place that into any context. Dreams, visions, it might not always be easy, but it's all in the service of a massive upgrade. And in order to be upgraded, we have to reflect. So the letting go we're both kind of letting where things are letting go of us more than we're letting go of them, but it's both too. Um, the letting go quote unquote in April is pretty massive. There's a lot of clearing. It's 
so good though, because the clearing is all to support everything that's growing. Remember, we're still in the invisible web time where things are dying and we can't quite see it and things are growing and we're just able to see it over here in some parts of the Northern hemisphere. Um, in Brooklyn, there are definitely some flowers and the trees are beginning to open up a bit, um, but it's not all that, you know. So, it you know, there's still snow <laughs> in a lot of places in the northern northern hemisphere. But um, this is a this is a month Aries and April of huge expansion, birth, and growth, and we want to be very clear about where we are and where we're going in order to help ourselves move in a direction that is in our soul's highest and best. You know, we can think of it like, this is an example I often use, um, cause it's, it's good for a myriad of different things, but you know, an example might be on our journey to meet our beloved, like our story. If we, um, are someone that does not meet our beloved is not doesn't happen to meet our beloved until we're well into our 30s or 40s or even 50s. Um, it might not be that we're not meant to meet them until we're in our 40s and 50s. It could be that some part of us on the highway to love or whatever you want to call that, we might keep getting off on certain exits. And that might be for some really important reasons. And some of them might totally be because we're scared or because we're acting out of a place of being, thinking that we need to take control or thinking that we need to manipulate, even gently manipulate in order to meet someone. And we take ourselves off the organic path that feels longer, but is actually a straighter shot. So when we get off on an on a highway exit that doesn't actually lead us to where we want to go, then we kind of have to wander around back roads. We have to get on the highway going in the other direction, or we get back on the highway right where we started from. We don't advance. So life is, I mean, we have free will here. So there's so many things in life that we later reflect on and think like, God damn, that probably could have come to me a lot sooner. And I just wasn't letting my version of Jesus take the wheel because <laughs> um, it is a co-creative act. So I offer that example because the stripping away that might be coming for some of us that will probably be coming for all of us, to be honest with you, and God bless it, it's great. The stripping away of everything that does not work anymore is real this month. Prepare for it. Prepare. It's big and it will come your way. And nothing that you don't want to leave behind is going. You might grieve it. It might be a shock to the ego. Nothing that we're meant to carry or hold on to is going to leave. So there doesn't need to be any fear. But there can be a profound acceptance, a profound willingness to move through the shedding process. It is only to serve in keeping our cars head on the highway. 
it's that inner voice that says, no, just keep driving. Don't get off the road quite yet. Just keep going another like 60 miles or another 100 miles. As much as that seems, it's so much longer to get off and find your way back on. Just keep going. So that's the idea, is that it's actually helping to clear more to help us get where we want to be faster. Even though it might look like, whoa, boy, thought I was going in this direction and now I'm not anymore. What does that mean for me? What it might mean for you is that you might get the opportunity to look around at your life and say, sorry for the sirens. <laughs> Everyone listening to this is used to it by now. If this is your first time, I live in Brooklyn and I kind of have a principled stand on not editing out the sirens. <clears throat> but we get to look at ourselves and say, whoa, now that everything's changed, does everything in my life work? Do some things completely not work? Are there some really old structures that are ready to come down? Let me be clear. Let me speak my truth on that. Let me invite in other things. Um, yeah, and we might get some no's when we were hoping to hear yes. We might have to keep waiting. We might get a yes, and it might be so fast. I mean, there's some big stuff because it's the beginning of a great shift. Life is airlifting us out of situations, commitments, and paradigms that are not in alignment for our soul's growth and evolution, which sounds really um, like spiritual fluff, but it's true that we can do like anything in this life. Not everything serves our evolution wholly and completely. Everything, of course, serves our growth in some way, but we know that there comes a point when life does really want to give us what we're looking for. And when we do need a little bit of a shove, kind of from tower energy, and Aries is very connected to Mars, which is ruled by the tower. So sometimes we need a little push in that direction, or our soul does anyway, to help us clear out something that helps to get us to what we want in a little bit of a more expeditious way. So <clears throat> it's also a clarification of what the ego wants, but the soul or what the ego wants, but the soul might not. I'm going to go back to the mirror with this. How many times a day do we look in a mirror and think I should look different or I don't like the way I look or I love the way I look, whatever. If we are arguing with the reflection that we see in the mirror, it's usually time for a soul reset. We're certainly allowed to have our feelings, but it is what it is. And there's beauty to reality as much as it might be hard to see it, even if it motivates us to change. Looking in the mirror, facing reality, being willing to look at the mirror in full light, in full view, where am I right now? What is my life right now? The beginning of my wheel of the year. What opportunities and lessons are Mercury is Mercury retrograde presenting to me in the form of huge no's, huge clearings, huge yeses, huge opportunities for growth and change. Where am I right now? What has to die in order for me to move forward? What was I hoping that would happen that didn't? You know, huge chances and opportunities. And I don't think anyone is immune to it. So the reset that's happening this mirror, the mirror, is helping us to essentially see new opportunities. It's helping us to seize our freedom. 
It's helping us to get clear on what we want and what we don't want. And it's helping us to see how we can become empowered creators in what we're becoming and what we're growing into. It's a very powerful reflection time. We also get to ask ourselves these questions. Do I need to remove something from my mirror? Polish my mirror? Clean it? Take it into a room with some better light? Is there really a relationship between myself and my reflections of truth? You know, how am I seeing myself? Um, if we keep wishing our mirror reflected something different to us, that's important too. Overall, April is a month that is completely ripe with opportunities to deeply see, to get focused, to get clear on our sacred work, and to look very deeply at ourselves and our lives so that we can get clear on being guided. And here's what, we can either really deeply accept what the mirror has to show us, total bowing over and surrender, we might be there this month with just looking at our lives and looking at the external forces at work, certain things happening, certain things reflecting something to us and just say like, oh man, okay, like here I am looking in this mirror, I see it, here I am, here I am in front of this person, here I am in front of this person saying no to me, saying yes to me, offering me this, helping me to receive this. It's all about that reflection or we can really see how much we're not looking in the mirror. We can see, am I telling myself a story or claiming to understand a certain reflection that is actually not the truth of my life? Am I believing everything is lost when really everything is great? Am I believing that I can't do something when I absolutely can? It's just not what I would prefer to do, or it's not what I expected to do? Are we available to see all the ways that our life is going right, even in the face of things feeling like big no's when we wish that they could be yeses? Both can exist at once, and this is what it is to look in the mirror. It's to know ourselves, see ourselves, to facilitate a deeper connection with our soul's truth very different than our brain's desires. Sometimes they link up, sometimes they don't. That's important because it can show us the areas where we can do a little polishing, where we can really talk to our brain chemistry, get clear on what it's looking for and see where the two intersect in order to be greater facilitators, deeper warriors on this planet. Because one of the biggest steps to a healing and an evolutionary step forward on this planet is doing our soul work. And it starts with looking in the mirror. So this kind of deep, this is where Aries is going this year, this level of deep looking. Because again, Aries is all about the self, baby. It is the sign of the self. Its mantra is I am. The more Aries reflects on itself, himself, herself, itself, themselves, the better able they are to be generous. That's their superpower. The more they know themselves. It's like that phrase, that word, soft for soon, soft for sign. 
know thyself and have nothing in excess, which is a Greek term, um, to know oneself and to have balance was a part of what the Greeks considered to be. It was a deep phrase that was considered very important in ancient Greece and was considered to be something that was the highest attainment that a human being could um, reach for. And that's really kind of what the mirror is all about. The more we're looking into it, the more we're clear and honest about our life, the more we release story. Because when you look into a mirror, you're seeing what you're seeing. There's no um, illusion to it, unless it's a funhouse mirror, in which there's a lot of illusion to it. <laughs> but we're talking about a normal mirror in like a well-lit room. And it's important to look and to see. And by the way, that is all about the emperor, baby. And we've got a lot of that energy because the medicine, uh, the card that came up as the medicine for the month of April is also King of Swords, who is a great speaker and very resonant to, um, very resonant to April, to Aries, to the emperor. So we have to look in the mirror this month. That is part of the job of Aries to look in and say, where am I? What am I doing? And how is the external reflection affecting my expansion, growth, and willingness to consider that everything in my life is happening for me, including the shit that I don't particularly like or feels really disappointing? So that's the mantra. We move into this month on the wings of a beautiful full moon in Libra. This is a highly important moon because it represents, again, this unification, this harmony that is possible between what is dying and what is birthing, what we're letting go of and what we're cultivating. Wherever we desire balance, harmony, more openness, more beauty, more flow in our lives, we want to deeply make those wishes on this. We want to set these intentions on this full moon in Libra. If there's a desire to have more of a harmonious collaboration in your life, if there's a desire to have a more harmonious collaboration with yourself, if there's a desire to call in teachers, soul family, your beloved, this is really the moon. Um, to let that be kind of whispered on the winds, it's an air moon, um, is really powerful and really important. So any time that we can look at this idea of cultivating fusion, bringing duality together to create unity and harmony, that's where we, that's the threshold that we're walking through to get to April, the mirror which is totally connected to the idea of Libra, that idea of mirroring and the idea of seeing in that way. Um, and we can totally look to Gemini and Pisces for that kind of mirroring as well, but there is something about Libra at its highest essence, knowing that balance is possible in any moment, even moments of imbalance, that can be so helpful and powerful when thinking about this idea of the symbolism of the mirror. So um, we also have a new moon in Aries on April 15th, which by the way, 
is the day Mercury goes direct. So you want to think about this as, and I know we're talking about it a little bit early to kind of, so maybe put a pin on it, <laughs> try to remember, but we want to think about this as, you know, I use this analogy a lot because it's a really good one, but the idea of a arrow getting stretched back on a bow, when Aries goes when I'm sorry, when the retrograde goes, when Mercury goes direct, it's kind of like letting that arrow go, but it's also like a rubber band snapping. It's like something clicking back in where all of a sudden we get the opportunity right on the day when Mercury goes direct to plant our seeds of intention on a new moon, on a sacred void, on the beginning of a new flow in Aries. So essentially what we've got is the beginning of the wheel of the year, the universe comes down on March 20th. The universe comes down and says, hey, 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 this is a really epic year. This is a high priestess year, justice year. No one's going to be able to get away with any nonsense, even if they don't think it's nonsense. There's just no way to step away from what you're ready to hold, to cultivate, to drop into, to bring in. There's just no way to step away from that. So we're going to do everything we can to clear out your schedule, the patterns, the old paradigms, whatever, whatever you want to call that. This is the whole year. So it's so ingrained that the universe kind of concocted this way to move into Aries, the infant zodiac or the, the infant of the zodiac the kind of wildfire of growth, and it found a way to gently temper it with a Mercury retrograde. And it found a way to say, please keep moving, please keep growing, but we are going to put in front of your face the biggest areas of your life that are out of alignment so that you can correct them, so you can reset them, which requires some deep reflection. If you have, that's really more of what's going on. Rather than you anticipating a month full of like no's when you're hoping to hear yeses, it's really about um, having things be reflected to you that it's like, whoa, that is really not working anymore. Holy smokes. I'm having, I'm having that all over the place. And everyone I know is having that all over the place. There are just certain things that we can't know until we know. We can't see them until we see them. And all of a sudden we see them and it's like, whoa, baby. I'm not even going to move to story about this. I'm just going to correct it. I'm going to take steps, immediate steps <laughs> to correct this and really just do everything I can to step into a more aligned place. If we're judging it, if we're judging what we see in the mirror, we can't correct it. We can't take steps to evolve. So that's the idea. And then when Mercury goes direct, it's so gloriously and perfectly has a built-in new moon in Aries in order to say like, okay, the weights are off. You're no longer jogging with a 50-pound sack on your back. The reflections, you've reviewed them. You've had two, two weeks, 15 days, and even more, like almost 20 days, 22 days, to review and to look from March 23rd to April 15th. Now, what seeds do you want to plant? Because if we hadn't had this Mercury retrograde, we might have planted seeds that might have been completely 
off the beaten path for where our soul really wants to take us. And that's what we're doing. We're beginning to divide from where the brain wants to go to where the soul wants to go and choosing willingly the soul. The medicine for the month, the tarot card that represents the medicine for the month is King of Swords. King of Swords is a master of communication. He is connected to Mercury. He's connected to Eagle. His throat is in deep connection with his heart. Anytime we see a character on the Smith Rider weight whose sword is pointed 90 degrees, we know that they have a direct, pure relationship with their truth. The King of Swords has a truth to share that is a healing. When we speak it out loud, when we share it out loud, we are transformed by the sharing of it. Others are transformed by the receiving of it, even if it's hard. That might look like, Mom, I'm gay. Mom, I don't want to have a relationship with you. I quit. I'd like to have a baby. Whatever. This might look like speaking a sacred truth that's been in the heart, that's now ready to come out through the mouth. Words have immense power this month. What we speak the intentions that we set, we want to be very clear that we're not doing things out of fear, but doing them out of desire, out of knowing as to what's possible. That is where we really want to be placing our focus and King of Swords is going to help us get there. King of Swords is not a man or a person that's going to come into our life. It's us. We're being asked to embody the medicine of this incredible archetype. The kings are masters. They are the master level of the court cards. They are the ones who take everything in the pages, the knights and the queens, and they embody a full holistic person who is ready and able, and this is a characteristic that's very specific of a king, to take their gifts and bring it out into the world. So this is about us speaking, communicating, being aligned with our truth that somehow is a service to the world around us. And, you know, it's interesting because the card that represents what we're moving through in April is the devil card. And I kind of just want to talk about that right here and now and say, of course, <laughs> like anytime we go through the devil card, I just want to really lay this down. I want it to be canon, on recording forever. If you're moving through the devil card, and we are collectively this month, we're doing everything right. The devil card does not come up unless one of two things are happening. We are beginning to expand, say yes, move through a soul expansion, and the brain is freaking out and is scrambling to invite us into some old BS that does not serve us, slows us down, makes us smaller, which we can always say no thank you to, by the way, those invitations. Or, so there's one way that we're doing everything right, or we're being invited to befriend a part of our shadow that is ready to be built into the fold. We're ready to bless the part of us that wants to drink that wants to destroy our lives. We are being invited to bless up the part of us that we feel shame about, 
to let ourselves actually name the shame, to bless the shame, to have that be centered around people who can hold that for us, around people who see our shame and see it as beautiful human vulnerability. There is absolutely nothing wrong with any feeling. It's in how we choose to act on it, whether or not we take it as truth and whether or not we're willing to invest in whether or not it's in our highest and best. We can want to have all the drinks in the world. The devil actually teaches us that we are liberated to be able to say, I want to have all the drinks in the world. And right now I'm moving through a moment where I want to like blow my life up. And I'm moving through that want and I'm letting that want be okay. And I'm not going to, be, I'm not necessarily going to believe or buy into the fact, buy into the idea that me wanting that is an indication that there's something wrong with me, which is by the way, that belief that something's wrong with us, quote unquote, is how the devil card gets you. So when you start believing there's something wrong with me, I should be doing this differently. This shouldn't be, I shouldn't be feeling this way. I shouldn't be going through this. Total horse hockey. So we really want to be clear. The reason why we're moving through the devil card is because we are expanding so much this month that there have to be, there has to be a dance with the devil. There has to be some brain chemistry that goes, whoa, whoa. I do not know where you're going. This is not what I know. This is beyond. It must be dangerous. So I'm going to pull you back into this old traumatic fear that you had in the second grade. And we're just going to kind of hang out in there. You have the power. Everyone has the power. And it's not even a power, but you have the option of recognizing it for what it is and saying, brain, I know you're scared. I see what you're doing. I see what you're inviting me into. I recognize that and I honor it. I bow to it and I thank you for bringing up that trauma from second grade to try to keep me really safe. However, fuck off. And I'm not going to go with you on that. And I'm not going to say yes. It's not my truth. The shame is not my truth. The guilt is not my truth. It's not my truth. My truth is that I'm safe. I'm present in this moment. I recognize that you're trying to keep me protected. I don't need the protection anymore. And I'm going to just take one breath at a time, one step at a time. And you can do your thing and I'm going to do mine. I'm not going to engage with this. And you can engage without saying yes to the invitation. Liberation looking in the mirror. This is what it is to look in the mirror, to say to ourselves, okay, here it is. Here's this huge invitation, huge emotional, mental invitation, big brain chemistry invitation. Is it true? Is it actually in my highest and best to eat this, imbibe this, say yes to that, text that person, engage with this thought? If it's not, we are well within our spiritual rights to say, hi, I see you, and I, I, I decline the invitation. I will not be RSVPing to this party. <laughs> so when we're clear around what our truth is and the devil recognizing like, whoa, there's some big brain chemistry invitations into this, but I know it's because this is my truth over here. 
and the brain is starting to get a little scared. So it's inviting me into believing that I need to reach for something or corral myself or control myself or that something's wrong or that I need to be policed or that I'm somehow wandering down a path that's not okay, which isn't true. Um, the more we're clear on that, the clearer our communication will be, the brighter our heart will be in King of Swords. So the devil and the King of Swords are really working together to help to refine our truth through this process of looking in the mirror. And what we're leaving behind in March, what we're ready to cycle out of is the Empress reversed, not being available to receive, not feeling comfortable. There being certain spots in the shadow self that we don't want to look at, being uncomfortable with our yin, with our softness, with our sensuality, not being comfortable with certain aspects that the Empress wants to give us, gifts that have been trying to find their way in, but somehow we might have been blocked. It's no more this month. So that doesn't necessarily mean, as I mentioned, that everything that we've been looking for, searching for, desiring is going to drop right in, but we will be asked to examine our relationship to why we want it. Why do we want it? And we can get very hot around like, well, I just want it. You know, I've been waiting or I deserve it. These people have it. There might be a really important reason why you don't. Really important. And it might not be a bad one. It might be an awesome one. And it might be that there's a mastery there or there's something to know about yourself or there's something to know about the way in which we're going about receiving something. So all different things can come of this willingness to be very present in what is here and what is not. And when we release the Empress reverse, we're essentially shifting and resetting, again, that word resetting, an old <sighs> comfort zone with our lack of receiving, shifting it into an openness. Um, the divine, the like gentle message from divine, I thought, I was very touched by actually um it's five of swords or i'm um, sorry so sorry five of cups which i mean i'm not gonna lie nobody loves it nobody loves five of cups but it's important and it is so on point to what we're going through i just wanted to squeal which is an odd reaction to seeing five of cups but i i got it um you know whatever, I don't need to repeat myself. You all have been listening to me for like an hour, but we are talking about this process of upgrading, the huge upgrades of letting go of certain things so we can have better, essentially. You know, so often, and you know, it's spoken about in spirituality a lot, and it's true that so, so, so often there is this belief that we know what we want better than what spirit wants to offer us. In my experience, spirit has upgraded me in every possible way. My top is always doubled, always, if we're willing to hold a space of this or better, right? So five of cups is a natural human transition point, a portal and kind of a bridge that brings us from the four to the six of cups that takes us through the completely appropriate mental and emotional space where our nervous systems say, communicate, feel, 
I've lost the thing that I had and now I don't have anything. And as much as I want to feel like all this good stuff is coming in, all I can see are the three spilled cups. I cannot see the two full behind me. That I cannot emphasize how important a medicine five of cups is. It's like the most important green that no one wants to eat, <laughs> myself included. It's not, it, it's not very sweet. It's super bitter and really its flavor and its um, profile, it's really intense, but the fives are extremely important sacred contractions that are here to actually contract us in order to expand us. And it is um, crucial that we allow them to pass through just the same way as you'd experience a labor pain, a contraction in labor, or even your moon. Like that energy is real, real important. Important to honor as a rite of passage in our growth. Contractions are extremely important rites of passage. The five of cups does not mean that the gentle message from divine is this like horrible, lame five that no one wants. It also doesn't mean that the month is going to be terrible. I think the exact opposite. I think it's going to be extremely powerful and, and an immense upgrade for everyone who's available to receive it, everyone who's available to come up, everyone's on their own time. If everything flows in the same way for you this month, it's great. You have no idea what's growing underneath the surface, but it's a gentle tap on the shoulder that says, just know, even with the good stuff, even with all the good stuff happening around us, sometimes we can't feel that. So if everything feels like it's getting swept away and all you can see are the three cups that are spilled in front of you, know that there is not only the one that you thought you missed, but an extra one behind you. There is abundance. It's flowing. It's just not something that we're able to recognize yet. By the time we move kind of out of the retrograde, we will probably feel a lessening of this. But it's important to check in and bear in mind that Five of Cups may very well be this kind of a gentle flavor in the flow of the month, and that's all right. That it's a really expected emotional state to be in and it is often what we go through during times of powerful change the journey in april from card to card is a movement from the emperor to the hierophant so in the emperor which i can't believe i haven't really spoken about yet on this podcast but um well on this episode i guess um the emperor is not the rigid structured controlled hyper-masculine archetype that most people think he is. Um, in fact, the emperor isn't even really a he. The emperor is just yang energy, yang. The emperor is the essence of giving, of fire, of expansion, just like the empress is about yin. And she is about, or the empress is about receiving and the counterpart of the archetype of the emperor. Sacred masculinity is not structured, controlling, rigid ruling. That is masculinity out of alignment, and you might call it toxic masculinity. 
You might call it warped masculinity. You might also call it, you know, um, well, whatever. I don't know what you'd call it. That's pretty much as good as it gets. That's the exact kind of masculinity and patriarchy that really we're being invited to upgrade from and that both, I think, men and women, um, people, no matter how they identify, are working very hard right now on changing. Not everyone, but lots. And it's very important to upgrade our understanding of the emperor as we begin to heal our relationship with a card like this because the emperor sometimes it can come up for people and they're so upset or they have it in a lifetime reading and they're you know horrified or you know whatever the emperor um is redwood trees and sequoias and big huge skies and landmass and you know it's it's Joshua Tree National Park where there's just land formations as far as the eye can see it's traveling through the middle of the southwest where there's just nothing but land and that is what emperor is it's a sacred invitation to take up space the kind of space that is our birthright to take up the kind of space that our soul desires to occupy that does not crowd out anyone the emperor only competes and only tries to rule when he is unsure of himself. Just like Ares only tries to battle and control and compete when they're unsure of themselves. That's Ares at its absolute lowest vibration. It's not a problem, but it's not Ares at its soul level. Ares at its soul level does their work on themselves, knows that any time they project out, it's important to take it in, to look at where they can take personal responsibility. And they are the leaders. They are the natural leaders. They are the keepers of wise leaping and wise initiation. They're the fire starters. And the beginners, they're literally the ones who light the fire that wind up cooking and creating. They're the ones that light the fire that Virgos keep as the Vestal Virgins, they're the ones that create, um, you know, where um, Leo's dancing and create like bonfires and like the fire is kept by every sign that follows it, even the water signs. Um, but they're the sacred fire starters. Emperor is that too, but there's a gentleness and a bigness and a unapologeticness just like there is an unapologeticness of a mountain and a sacred huge oak tree that even though we might think of oak trees being so feminine and it so is that essence of taking up space sacred space without overcrowding anyone that is all Aries and it is all emperor. So I encourage anyone who comes to the emperor with some struggles or some doubts to heal your relationship with it because it's not what people have said it is. Even the best tarot authors in the world have come at this card with a sense of masculinity that is of their generation and of their time. 
And that's beautiful. And by the way, I'm not the only one who started to talk about the emperor and I've been complete in this way. And the ways that I've seen it spoken about that are similar, similarly gentle, similarly connected to something larger, um, we're not connected with one another. So there is a collective re-understanding, recalibration of this card that is not mine, but is being felt through those who are meant to share about it. And this example of this podcast is emperor. It's totally emperor. There's no control over it. There's no rigidity to it. It's just an offering. You can turn it off anytime. <laughs> um, but going from that to Hierophant, Hierophant is the sacred knower of divine information. And he, the job of a Hierophant is to actually, um, and that's a card that I'll probably spend more time on next month, but the Hierophant is actually not um, a symbol for kind of a guru or a sacred teacher. It can be, but it's really about us stepping up as our own teachers. And the reason that it's sort of connected with Taurus is because the steadfastness, the steadiness, and the um, loyalty and the willingness to stick to something, stick to beauty, stick to um, uh, be connected to beauty, all kinds of different aspects of that, um, are really related to the vestigiousness of a hierophant who was there traditionally, historically, to decode um, highly esoteric texts in other language and try to explain their meaning, which is exactly what tarot teachers do on a much smaller level with the tarot as they try to interpret this kind of ancient art for modern times. It's what Buddhist um, scholars do. It's what priests do. It's what teachers do. It's what lawyers do. We're decoding a text and putting it into context. And that's why the perfect example of the importance of the Hierophant um, is somebody who interprets the Bible. Because you have some people who interpret it exactly as is, and that can create some divisions. It can create some stress. It can create um, beliefs and fear and hatred even. It doesn't have to, but it can create that. Um, and somebody who can look at the Bible as a, an important historical text that contains beauty, teachings, parable, allegory, and can also witness and understand historically why certain passages might have been in there, um, not to create a commandment of how people need to act or not act, but to understand like, hey, you know, man shouldn't lie with a man. Um, you know, and this is true, <laughs> um, historically, semen was thought to be highly um, precious and sacred. Not all that much has changed, um, but it was thought to be um, the life-giving essence. And they didn't want uh, a man to waste it on anything but getting a woman pregnant. So really, that passage in the Bible comes and came from lying with someone in order to continue life. It was not necessarily a text that stated that it was not okay for anyone to lie with anyone else. Um, but someone might hear this and go, you're out of your mind and you're blasphemous and whatever. So before you do that, just listen to the podcast for two more seconds and you might think twice about it because the Hierophant is about dissecting and getting clear on beliefs. 
what we're believing. Anyone who might have just reacted to what I said with such passionate fervor, it's because you believe. You believe. And you probably are not listening to this podcast, but let's just say, I'd love to have some Bible believers in this, listening to this podcast. Let's just say like that's a passage of the Bible that's really important to you and you do not believe that I have it right. I encourage you to check out your beliefs. Are they true? Are they really true? Do you absolutely know that they're true? What were you taught? What's important about believing that passage that you want to come at me? You know, so anytime we have a very strong inherited belief, it can cloud the pure interpretation of an esoteric thing. It can cloud the way we interpret the tarot. It can cloud the way we interpret the Bible. It can cloud the way we believe that we're treated. A hierophant knows the difference. A hierophant knows well, this is what folks say. This is what it could mean. But because I'm willing to look and do my work on my belief systems, what's not true for me, what I know to be true, what I know to be real about God or about the tarot or whatever, in my own experience, I'm going to offer that. And I'm going to share that. And whoever that resonates with, that's great. And if it doesn't resonate with it, that, that's fine too. Being a hierophant means becoming the teacher that you would want to receive from. It means stepping up and asking yourself in any moment, what kind of a teacher am I being right now? How am I speaking to my children? Am I passing on something that was so damaging to me as a little one because I just haven't looked at it? I haven't unpacked it yet. When we move to em from emperor to hierophant, what we're essentially doing is moving from a space of willingness to take up space as a birthright and then taking that birthright into a space where we say, what was I handed from mom and dad? What was I handed from culture, from society, from where I came from? And everyone's experience is different, by the way. What was I handed? What was I taught? What did I inherit? And what's true for me? So there's a maturation between actually believing we deserve to take up space and then getting very discerning about what we're believing and how we're letting that be reflected in the way that we communicate, share information, and choose to live. So if there are any beliefs that we're not willing to pay attention to, they will cloud the way we talk. They will cloud the way we communicate, the way we break bread, the way we hold space, the way we teach. And it can create harm, whether we believe it or not, and whether we're aware of it or not. And the function of the Hierophant card is to help us clear out a belief that's not serving us, but we might still believe is true. So all that to say that this is the point in the wheel of the year where the work really starts thumping, where we really start breaking down things that we're not meant to carry anymore. And... Um, there's a lot of beauty to that. And to round out this month in Aries, we have this beautiful full moon in Scorpio, which just kind of adds to the immense 
serpentine power of this death rebirth energy contained within Aries, the power of looking in the mirror, getting clear, and then releasing everything that doesn't serve. I mean, it's going to be really beautiful. And the best thing that I can tell anyone listening to this is that it's safe to look in the mirror. You're not going to see anything that you're so horrified by that it's, it's going to crack it. And if your mirror was cracked a long time ago, you can get another one. You can look into, you can repair, you can heal. Be willing to get really, really down in your truth so that there can be growth so that we can finally shed and let go some of the of some of these old paradigms that aren't serving us looking in the mirror this is the medicine of aries and of the month of april and that's all i have for you today i feel like that's enough <laughs> um my little announcement about sacred wheel was at the top so y'all know all about that um Next week, I will have an interview. Oh, actually, this is important. Um, next week, there will be no interview because it's. Um, I had to put this one out a little later, not because I was late, but because um, I didn't want to put it out like five days before or six days. Actually, it would have been before um, the first, which just felt like way too long of a time. Um, so I wanted to get it in a little bit closer to the first of, um, of, of April. Um, and so there won't be anything, there won't be an interview on the second because this will kind of serve to carry us through to next week. But the week after that, I'll have an interview. We'll do our final lesson on the Kings the week after that, we'll have another interview. Um, my interview format is changing. I'm really excited to share that. Um, it, you probably see the changes starting in May or June, but um, starting to be more conceptual, focused on certain topics and cards. Um, so someone may come in and talk very deeply about a certain card. You might start to see those changes a little bit, but they'll start getting more overt around the middle of the year. And that's it. And um, just, I love being here with everyone. Thank you so much. Um, if you like this podcast, please, please, please consider leaving a five-star review and sharing why you liked it. I do have a request, a loving request. If you don't like me cursing on this podcast, please consider not leaving a review about that. I have been super upfront from the beginning of this podcast. I know I might have new listeners. I curse. It's okay. You can be spiritual and curse. You can be spiritual and eat animals. You can do it. You can do it. There are a lot of people who are living proof who do it. And you can be super spiritual and not eat animals. And that's so beautiful. It's all beautiful. If my cursing or my use of the F word or whatever feels superfluous to you, um, I just encourage you to look at where that belief is. I encourage you to look at your beliefs around certain words in the dictionary being less or more um, useful than others. It's a powerful, cursing and curse words can be a very powerful, very impactful. They can get things across that sometimes other words can't. And I'm very capable of being eloquent even while dropping F-bombs. So if that's um, not your flow, 
I might not be for you. And that's just, you know, like, that's okay. Because I've been doing this work for many years and um, I've cursed since day one, <laughs> even before I started doing this work. So you can do whatever you want, you know, certainly cannot control the reviews people leave. But if that's your complaint, it's okay because everybody knows that I curse and I promise it's all right. Um, and it might not be for you because I don't think I'm going to change it. I'll do my best, but I don't think I'm going to change it. Anyway, uh, thank you. Um, I love all of you, even the ones who don't like my cursing. And um, I will see you in about a week or two. Be well. Bye.